Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Hello, Cosmos Country. Welcome back to another edition of First Team Podcast. I'm your host, John Frusciante. I hope you and your family are doing well and that you are safe during these trying times. On this week's episode, I am joined by Ed Romero, who is a member of a Cosmopolitan Soccer League. For our listeners outside of New York City, the Cosmopolitan Soccer League is a amateur semi-pro. It depends how you define that level, which is below the MPSL and the UPSL. I think Dennis Crowley called it, or I think he called the NPSL uh, the fifth division. So you would probably call this level the state uh, or the city level sixth division, um, but it doesn't have a defined level on the pyramid. I thought it was very important to have Ed on the show to discuss the current struggles in lower division soccer because media outlets, they only discuss, and from national media outlets to local podcasts, YouTube channels, podcasts, blogs, they only, most of the time, they only uh, discuss professional soccer. And I thought it was very important to bring Ed on the show to discuss lower division soccer and to understand the struggles and to understand what needs to change for these clubs to get to the next level. And I think a lot of people have this notion that uh, they're not important because they're not professional. But lower division clubs, especially grassroots clubs, they do play a very important role in U.S. soccer. To all the MLS uh, fans, you probably don't want to admit that, but you do have a track record of clubs that played at the state level, that played in their city league, and went to the next level and became a professional soccer club, or they developed players that have went on to play in Major League Soccer. The NPSL has a long list of alumni, right, that played and that currently play in Major League Soccer, in USL, they played in the NASL, they play in the Uh, professional ranks in U.S. soccer and across the world. So we have to give them the credit that they deserve, and that's why I thought I had to have Ed on the show to have this very important discussion. And I do want to put it out there that this is not an insensitive conversation because I do understand what's going on in the New York City area and in the Tri-State area. There's a lot of confirmed cases of COVID-19, but first team podcast like i said on last week's episode it is a chance to uh put that in the back of your head if you can and uh have your main focus for that half an hour for that hour of first team podcast and to um get stuck in to the soccer conversation and join the discussion by emailing the show firstteampod at gmail.com or you can send in your thoughts via twitter and facebook at first team pod and I will um, discuss and read out your thoughts on next week's episode. So here he is, the one and only Ed Romero. I would just like for you to provide and explain to the listeners um, about your experience within the Cosmopolitan Soccer League 
and explain a little bit more about your club because I think in uh, the New York City soccer scene or just in big scenes or big cities in general, uh, those grassroots and smaller clubs don't get given uh, that chance to be successful or uh, given that insight and that media attention. So uh, now on First Team Podcast, you do have that media attention and that spotlight on grassroots soccer. So here is your chance. Okay, well, that's a, that's a big question um, because I spent a, lo- a long time in the cause of possibly. I'm still with the league, right? Um, more than, uh, let's see, 2005, 15 years. It's been a long time. I also served on their board. The only thing I could say is the Cosmopolitan League, it's, it's, one of, it's the best league in the region, in my personal opinion. Um, we've never seen eye-to-eye on a, on, a, on a lot of things. You know, they obviously have their way of doing things, and they've done things their way for many, many years. So they have history on their side. Um, but as you mentioned, right, the grassroots soccer scene, not only in New York City, but in the country, is changing. There's a lot of things that grassroots soccer clubs like my own want to see happen. Uh, and there are many, many things. But just to talk a little bit about my club, and as of about four or five years ago, we've had the opportunity to into the community of the South Bronx. There are only three minority-owned clubs in the Cosmopolitan League. Cosmopolitan League is a very strict league. Very, uh, how can you say it? Um, they want you to be very responsible when it comes to many things. Not only the way you, your club is dressed on Sundays, you know, not only that, but your bills are paid. You have a field. You, you have some type of organization. You're, you're a 501c3 like we are. We're a not-for-profit. There's a lot of things that they required from clubs in order, not only because the club wants this, right? it's also because they want the clubs to succeed and to exist for as much as, you know, as much time as possible. Um, so a good, solid club will not only strengthen your own club, but also strengthen the league and uh, provide more opportunity for soccer, uh, for soccer players to play within different clubs. So, um, so we're very proud of that, right? We're very proud of the work we've done. We've grown. We've become a, a large, a large enough entity to compete and finally compete in the in the CSL First Division, which we were able to be promoted to last season, at the end of last season, and uh, at the beginning of this season, we were playing uh, First Division ball, first time in our history. Unfortunately, got cut short. It was a great experience, regardless, and uh, we, we want to continue that, uh, continue playing and participating in. In the Cosmopolitan League as well as other leagues. Some state uh, soccer associations, they're ran in the old times. They're ran by older people, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I own a team in the Garden State Soccer League, and I do understand that uh, because there are people in the management team at the Garden State Soccer League, maybe in the Cosmopolitan Soccer League, that uh, are not doing those innovative things that might further their clubs and further the brand. Right. Right. Uh, that's true. And, and I think it's, it's pretty well known throughout the, throughout the um, tri-state area that, you know, the leaders of our state associations are older and uh, do not see things as the younger generation sees things uh, and don't move the leagues fast enough. Or, uh, and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's, not, it's not simple. It's not a simple solution. Um, you know, 
things things would would change and change is always difficult. Um, but overall, yeah, that's that's the consensus, right? We have old older leadership, very wise leadership, but at the same time very reluctant to change. There might be people listening to this right now and saying well, what do you want them to do different? It's just a Sunday league. It's just grassroots soccer. Yeah, we're not asking them to sign million-dollar contracts, right? Million-dollar sponsorship deals. But what we're saying is, why can't you have a league-wide kit deal or a league-wide maybe soccer ball deal or just something that might lower the cost for your member clubs, right? So just simple things for your members. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Some of the things that I've been able to implement in my club could easily be implemented, you know, with some of these leagues, especially in the Cosmopolitan League, simply because of the, you know, the brand name and the recognition and the reputation and the history. So many things could be done. I know that a lot, a lot of people in the member in the leadership and I, which I was part of, you know, th- this is not a full time job. This is what we volunteer. But just a little bit of effort, uh, united effort. Uh, put everything else aside. Put your clubs aside. Do it for the league. Do it for for the membership. A lot could get done if, if we had that mindset. But um, it's it's you know it's easier said than done. Uh, we weren't we haven't been able to uh, to move in that regard. We haven't been able to move forward. Uh, but there's absolutely there's so many things that could be done at the state level. Do you ever get jealous when you look across the pond and you look at England and now they have maybe not the most successful like non-league or grassroots soccer. But it seems like they have more engagement. They 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 have more fan support, maybe more financial support from sponsors, um, and it just seems like the community comes together for a lower division club or a grassroots club than they do in uh, U.S. soccer. Because in U.S. soccer, it's all about major league soccer. It's all about do you support the Rebels or NYCFC? And no one's saying no. I support Sporting Astoria because. They're my club, and not Red Bulls, or not NYCFC, or or not the Cosmos. Yeah, yeah, that's we don't get enough enough fan base out there watching our games Sunday every Sunday. Um, I've tried to increase that fan base somehow by streaming, bringing attention. Um, I, I try to perhaps um, uh, make an event out of um, you know our final B one final. Just try to get the word out. Such a great league, such great soccer, so much great local talent, but we just don't get enough fan base and uh, like supporter base. And I think that's important, right? If if we want businesses to support us, then we need to really improve our product. And and the way you improve it is by making it very uh, just have a lot of supporters, have the community really back up uh, back the, uh, clubs. Uh, you know, show up to the games. Uh, a lot of clubs have also, especially, uh, I'm just going to throw one of these clubs that I'm very impressed with, is Lansdowne Boys, right? Not only have they succeeded in, in the amateur level, but they've also expanded their youth program, which is fantastic. That's how you grow your supporter base, right? Through through the families, through, through these kids that play within your club. And uh, we need to see more of that. There's clubs that have that youth element within their program, within their club, but we just need to see more of it. And we need to see the state and other leagues support it. Um, and, and that's where the UPSL comes from. And I spoke, I, I spoke freely to many people about it. The UPSL seems to be a league that wants to promote that, wants you to have a fan base, 
wants you to it's in their it's in their business plan for your club to include that so uh that's what we need to do and i think that's the next level especially here in our region for us to start including the community in in uh in our events what is your thoughts on uh teams in the cosmopolitan soccer league paying their players because i have been told uh that they're are some players, maybe current or former professional soccer players, that do participate in the league and are getting a wage. So I'm not sure if your club does pay players. Maybe not, right? But what are your thoughts on competing against clubs that pay their players when this is basically an an amateur league? To some people, it might be defined as a semi-pro league if they're not going to be going to that UPSL and that uh, NPSL level. Yeah, that. Personally, I believe it's a it's a shame. It does happen. People will probably get upset at me for saying so, but it's the truth, right? Um, I'm not here to start any problems. I'm just speaking the truth. And I've made it to D1, and coming to D1, there's a lot of things that you know I wasn't privy to, and I, I didn't know about, and I just heard about. But I see it. it. It's happened. I've seen players leave my squad, you know, for financial reasons, right? I've also got investors into my club to compete in that way, which is pay players. So it, it just got really, you know, it, it's, that's the culture. Uh, and, and it's unfortunate, right? But, uh, I mean, it's unfortunate because that money could be spent somewhere else. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you're helping athletes, I guess, I guess that's somewhat okay. But, uh, and, and you produce a great, a great match, right, between these top teams with great players. But if we want to grow the sport in the amateur local group grassroots level, um, that money should be used somewhere else. Grassroots soccer is supposed to be sustainable, right? It's supposed to be get the fans in the door if you can um, and trying to generate revenue. And then eventually, maybe if you get to that next level and you're allowed with your league to pay your players if you want to do that as a club because a lot of people just jump to pay your players so you can get better players but you need to maintain that right and then it gets to the next level like oh we need to have a front office staff or we need to have this and we need to have that so eventually you have like besides your playing staff maybe you have another dozen or two dozens of employees for the club right because you have clubs in the UPSL and the NPSL that are ran like professional soccer clubs. And that's the sad part, really. You know, all this might change. What we're just talking about might change. The Cosmos will be joining NISA. Um, there's a new branch team that I know the, the, the investors of, of, that, of that club that's going to be joining, that are looking to join NISA as well. I don't know if this season or the following season. And then you also have Cuba SC, which will be joining UPSL 1. So now you're going to have all of these professional, right, third third division teams in this local area that's going to, like, sweep up all these players that get paid that, you know, play at a high level. They're all going to get taken from these teams. So now you're probably going to see more of a – at least I think that's my theory. That's what I believe might happen. You know, everything will become um, more amateur in all the levels in the, within the state. Uh, with the state-run uh, leagues. But going back to what you're saying, yeah, it becomes difficult if if this is the the model that most teams, most clubs will follow, which is having a player salary uh, in the amateur level 
it's 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 hard for teams to to compete and to and to maintain that for a long for a long period of time, and and then what you end up getting is just the teams that could could afford that and now are in the higher tier, and then everyone else, and then there's a big gap in in, in talent, and uh, you know we don't want that because it, it takes away the competition. If you really are lucky enough to pay your players and have a professional squad or make your players professional, uh, then you probably should just take that next step and go to NISA or go to USL. So just take the, the next step up and play against professional talent instead of paying your players and being the best squad out of the rest of the league of semi-pro or amateur players. The New Jersey Teamsters, uh, because they were playing in the UPSL, and now they join NISA. So uh, I think they were in NISA for, or they were in the UPSL for a season or two, and then they made that quick jump. My opinion on this is, if you don't have that fan support or a big fan support, and you don't have, because it's great to have those big investors, right? It's great to have those people that would just write that check out and just cover the player expenses and cover everything. But grassroots soccer, and that's what NISA basically is, it's grassroots soccer. And you need to eventually turn a profit eventually, right? Maybe if that's not to pay your owner, but it's just to grow your club and grow your brand and to be the best club that you can be. Yeah, um... Everyone, everyone spoke about it at that time. Everybody was very surprised. I don't know much of the team, you know, the teamsters, but everyone was aware that they made this quick jump. People who were involved uh, in NISA that I know were surprised as well, and they didn't think their pitch was as solid. Um, but um, you know, to join NISA, but hey, the money's always there, right? The, the money's there. It's all about how you build your organization. You need to have a decent, good brand name, right? You, you, people need to recognize, respect your brand name, the values of your club. You need to have a fan base, supporter base. All those things are important, very important. And if you don't have that, there's no way, at least in, from what I've seen, there's no way you can grow your club and take it to that level without having that foundation. Um, that's why I'm taking my time and, and people in, in, in involved in our club, we're taking our time to move sporting forward but in a way that it makes sense. We don't want to push it forward where you know, we're, we're going to be left out to dry at some point. No, we want to push it forward with a nice, solid fan base and, uh, and, and move along as we should and not rush anything. You don't really want to be that club where you're in uh, Nisa hosting the New York Cosmos or hosting the Teamsters or Detroit City FC and uh, you have no fans in the stadium or, or you have just the families of the players. You know what I mean? That's really embarrassing uh, when you're not turning a revenue from the gate. We had a comment on Twitter and this person was trying to say, and this was from a previous episode, but I, I got the tweet today. And uh, it was referring to this same topic of I was putting my opinions out about the Teamsters and saying, why are they joining? Why are Michigan Stars joining? These are people that might have big dollars in their pocket, but they don't have the fans. Maybe they don't have the corporate support, right? And you need that to be successful on and off the field for many years to come. But this uh, this listener put it to me on social media and uh, was saying that 
you need those small clubs. And I think this person has a point because when you go abroad and you look at England, even in the Premier League, you do have your smaller clubs. They're still spending millions of dollars, but you still have your smaller clubs. Even in the grassroots level, you still have your smaller clubs and your more ambitious and your bigger clubs that are spending big dollars. So I guess in NISA, even though it seems weird when you look at the professional league standards that you have the Teamsters and Michigan Stars joining when they don't have the same support or the same loyalty or the history like the Cosmos or the same support like Detroit City FC. But I guess at the end of the day, you need those different types of clubs to even your league out. You need those big clubs and those rich clubs. And then you also do need those smaller and more romantic, hopefully, stories in NISA. Right, right. You, you need it. That's, that's the whole beauty of the game. Right, the underdog and, and, and the rich uh, uptown team, you want to say. Um, you know, you, you, it, it's all part of the, like you said, the romance of the game. Uh, you, you definitely, definitely need that. But it's important. Right? Not only, regardless, right, you, the underdog needs to be well uh, organized. It needs to be, has, has to have a solid foundation. Without that, it's just not going to succeed. If you got, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with being a small club. Um, but as long as it's, it's a solid small club that has potential to grow, is, you know, because you know there's going to be tough times, you know there's going to be really challenging times, and then your club has to persevere. If you don't have that unity, that loyalty, uh, with not only with the organization and, and the people that work within the organization, but also your fan base and your supporter base, then you're not going to succeed. So it, it's it's very important. So what would be your message, Ed, to uh, listeners of the show and just followers on social media or just soccer fans in general that look at New York City soccer and maybe support that major league soccer club or the New York Cosmos? And uh, there are some people out there that support those clubs and also do have a second team and support grassroots soccer. But what would you say to those people that say, well, it doesn't matter. Who cares about that? It's not professional soccer. It does have a place in the ecosystem of U.S. soccer. So what would you say to those fans that are against uh, grassroots soccer? No, they, they can't be against grassroots. No one should be, right? If, let's just take basketball, for instance. Uh, I follow basketball a lot. And if you look at basketball, even in the grassroots level, um, look at all the tournaments in the high schools. You know, there's even in the independent clubs, independent leagues throughout the city that people show up to and support. If they do it for basketball, right, for amateur players, some of these players went to college, good good players, some of us just street, street ballers, and they're out there getting paid as well and uh, playing against teams that have big pockets and they put on a great tournament in the summer, especially in various fields throughout the city, gyms throughout the city, in Jamaica, Queens, and in Harlem, everywhere. So if that happens and people support it, why can't the same be done for soccer? I don't understand it. It's just there's no connection there, right? There needs to be a connection between the community, grassroots soccer, and how important that is um, all the way up uh, to the professional level. I, I think it's going to change no matter time. In my lifetime, soccer has changed so much in our community, so much. It's growing so fast, and I've seen a lot of positive changes. And I think more is gonna, you know, a lot more is going to happen. Obviously, we need you know, more leaders to kind of push it that way. Um, and if that happens, it would be great. Like I said, in the tri-state area, we're getting teams in NISA, 
We're getting teams in USL one, which are third division teams, third division leagues. So that's great. So it's just up to the state level, right? You build your club, you know, uh, use all the tools you have, all the social media tools you have, build the website, get your name out there. Uh, look what Lansdowne did. Look what some other clubs, our club has done. Try to do the same. And and uh, and I also ask to support the leagues that help you, uh, you know, reach that, um, build your club and reach reach out to the community. Join those leagues. Help you know, work with those leagues and have those leagues work for, work with you as well to kind of grow the club and grow the sport within our community, uh, especially at the grassroots level. That that's important. We have to come together. All the clubs that want the same thing, all the all the fan base, all the supporters that want the same thing, who love the sport. We need to come together and push the sport that way, because uh, things have been done a certain way for a very long time, and it's not working. You know, it's it worked. It, it's 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 in the background. Listen, we play soccer. You guys, it's isolated. It's like a silo. No, we don't want that. We want to integrate um, with the community and grow the sport in that way, similar to other sports uh, with peewee. You know, football and and and, uh, and basketball. Soccer should be the same thing. He said have the same approach. Thanks, Ed, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And do you have any last words to the listeners so they can support your team uh, sporting Astoria? Yeah, um, a, lot, a lot of things are going to happen in the next couple of months, but uh, I'll announce it here because I know someone had had tweeted to ask me whether we're going to join the UPSL or not. We are joining the UPSL. I know I need to work things out with my league because we wouldn't want to leave our, our league, but there's those things that I need to sort out. But Sporting Astoria Soccer Club will be joining the UPSL, and uh, and and I'm putting my mouth, you know, putting my word my mouth is I'm joining a league that wants to improve this, this sport, and uh, that's what you need to do, and that's what we're going to do. That's great news, um, and that's a first team podcast exclusive. But the UPSL comes across as a great league, but it seems like with their rules. It seems like they try to hold their clubs back to a certain extent. Have you heard about that? Uh, because there was a story maybe a year ago with uh, two clubs that were advocating for promotion and relegation, even though promotion and relegation is in the UPSL. Um, but they were advocating for it in the whole pyramid, which I, I guess we would all be on board for that. And uh, the UPSL was against that, which seems pretty insane. So I don't know if you know that details, but... Uh, what are your thoughts on the league? I, I know you're joining it and you like it and you um, want to see your club and the league be successful. Um, but did you hear about that news? Or uh, I did not hear about that, but I'm not surprised that, you know, for, for, for there to be promotion or relegation, like a complete pyramid in the U.S. is, is going to require so, so much work. It's almost, I don't think I'll see it in my lifetime. I, I hate to be so pessimistic, but I, I, I'm afraid I won't see it. So we really can't, to a certain degree, um, you know, talk too much about that or, 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 or for that to be in, in our thought process. We just need to grow our club, grow the game, and that's what we're focused on. And I think coming from the state level, the next level would be, the next level up would be the UPSL. From what I hear, I'm, I haven't joined the league yet. I've spoken to people around the league but we were about to join in the spring. That couldn't happen, but uh, it's going to happen in the fall, and I guess I'll have a better understanding of the UPSL once we play the season or two. Uh, but from what I hear and from what I see, 
obviously I have good friends that are in the UP, so it's a, it's a, it's a great league. Um, and it's, it mirrors more, you know, the European amateur scene, which is, you know, you got your own field, you travel, um, not, not just across a bar or across a bridge, but you, there's distance traveling, you know, hotel stay, uh, meals, et cetera. And that's something exciting for our club. Thanks to Ed Romero for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. And hopefully I can have him on the show real soon uh, to have a bigger discussion about this topic because I think uh, we left a lot out of that discussion. Uh, We were stressed for time. There's still a lot of moving parts in U.S. soccer. And I think that's what I want to end on is that, and this is why this podcast is very important, is because things change every single day. Things change every single week. And that's why... I want to have a new guest on every single week to discuss the uh, different things going on in U.S. soccer. And Eric Stover, he revealed a lot about the New York Cosmos and what was originally planned before the coronavirus uh, outbreak, before the pandemic. So uh, maybe we might discuss that on next week's episode, but there's so much on the table to discuss. There's so much time to discuss these topics because... We are stuck in the house at the moment. So uh, we are stuck at First Team Podcast headquarters. So thanks for tuning in to First Team Podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thanks again for Ed for coming on the show. Please support Lower Division Soccer. If you don't live in New York City and you enjoy the conversation, please go support your local soccer club, your grassroots soccer club, or your grassroots soccer league if you don't want to select and pick a club to support. They need your support. They don't depend on uh, TV revenue. They don't have broadcast deals. Like what Ed said, he tried to stream his matches. So it's basically a one-man show at Grassroots Soccer. It's one man, the owner, the founder, uh, the president of the club, trying to put these pieces together while also trying to work his day job. So take that in, and that's why Grassroots Soccer is very important. They do indeed play a role in the ecosystem of U.S. soccer. So thanks for tuning in the First Team Podcast. I really do appreciate it. I really hope that we will see better days in the United States and throughout the world real soon. And as always, that's going to your Cosmos. And thanks for all the support.